Hey mamas, this is Playfully Faithful Parenting, and I'm your host, Joy Wenling. I'm a seminary grad and children's and family minister turned stay-at-home mom to my five girls. Spiritual parenting is my calling, and it's my passion to help other mamas disciple their kids using the power of play and their own authentic daily walk with Christ. If you're a mama who wants to introduce your kids to Jesus and watch as the Holy Spirit transforms their lives, this is the place for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dive in and see how we can partner with God today. Hello, mamas, and welcome to Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'm your host, Joy. So grateful that you are here today. Today is the first of the month, and we typically have an interview, but I was so excited to share last week's interview with you that I bumped it up a week and wanted to help line it up with the release of Anastasia's book uh, last Tuesday, Becoming an Intentional Family. If you have picked up that book, uh, I would love to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Is it sparking ideas in you the way it did for me? It has been such a pleasure to be on her launch team and to get to know Anastasia, and I am just so excited for her, her book, and the families that will be influenced by that book. So today, we're going to have just my free-for-all that would have been last Monday is coming today. And so I want to talk about having kids in worship. Do your kids go to kind of the big service, the worship service with you in church? And if they do, and maybe it's once a quarter on like fifth Sundays or once a month, maybe it's every week, um, I want to talk about some ways that we can help our kids to be equipped to actually participate and engage in worship while we have them in there. So we, many years ago, um, seven years ago now, moved to where we currently live because I was invited to come on staff at a church. And so we came on, we moved, we came on staff at this church. And then when I left staff, because I was pregnant at the time with my fourth baby and felt called home, I knew that I needed just a break, a needed, um, just kind of a new environment to, to fully step out of being on staff. If you've ever been on staff or even just served in a leadership role at the church, you know that when you leave that role, it can be a difficult transition. And our church had some pastor turnover and it was just time for me to have a break and to go somewhere else where I could just be and serve in different ways. And so Um, But we have recently felt called back to that church and we've been there for a few weeks and are absolutely loving it. Again, another new pastor, um, but a lot of the same people. And it has been 
so wonderful. And so many people have just made us feel so welcome and as if we never left, but I'm just so grateful for this church. So while we were at this church to begin with, we kids started in worship with us and then they we took a break after the music and sent our kids for age appropriate worship in their own Sunday school classrooms. While we were away from the church, they did away with that and kids were gone for the whole service. And as we have been processing coming back to the church, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to be going back, except that the kids are no longer in worship. Well, you know what happened is God went before us in this church and was already having those conversations with the pastor and several people on leadership. And our first Sunday back at the church was the first Sunday they had kids back in worship. And I was so grateful, grateful to the pastor for listening to that, um, that request and that desire of several people in the church, grateful for those who spoke out and grateful mostly to God who just went before me and um, soothed that concern that I had. It's so important to me for kids um, to be in worship. And it is hard. It's not easy. And yes, I would love to just be able to just focus. But for me personally, um, that misses so many opportunities that it didn't feel right for me. Um, And I want to prioritize my children's environment and their opportunities to be a part of the body and also to learn and see what it means. What does it look like to worship? And if they don't ever worship with the whole church, how are they going to learn what it means to be a part of the whole church? And so um so grateful that just God lined, aligned all of that and heard my prayer and the prayers of others. But so today I want to give you three practical tips of how you can help your children to engage in worship if they are in the large uh, worship service at your church. And so maybe that's um, every week, maybe it's once a month, maybe it's only when you visit grandparents or something like that, or maybe it's for worship nights every once in a while. Whatever it is, here are some practical tips. So one, practice the music at home. I have realized that there is a big difference in my kids hearing the music in the background or even hearing me sing the music and teaching my kids the music. I have played and sung and worshiped to myself, um, for example, my lighthouse many times, right? Over the past few years. It's fun. It's playful. I enjoy it. I know my kids have heard it. However, when we got to, that was one of the songs the first week um, we were back, my kids couldn't engage with it because 
my oldest one can read, but my younger or my five-year-old twins are just learning to read. And so they can't read the music um, on the screen. And so it wasn't, it, I had not set them up to be able to participate in that time other than just clapping along. And so they were not engaged. So that week we came home and, you know, they said, oh, it's boring. Oh, it's not boring. Let's learn the words. And I put the song on and I walked them through the lyrics one time. And it just sounded like me being very intentional, saying what the words were as the song was going, just kind of talking over the song. And now every single day we get in the car and they're like, play how my house light, play my house light. Um, even my two-year-old asks to sing and listen to this song. And now they're engaged in that song. And so I, this past week, sent an email to the pastor and said, hey, could you let me know what the songs are we're singing this week so that my kids and I can practice them? And that let my kids be able to be engaged instead of bored uh, because they could actually participate in that part of the service. So the second thing that we can do is we can explain the parts of worship. And after then we explain the first several times, then we can begin to ask our kids and, um, and playfully engage. But constantly bringing it back to not just what are we doing, but why are we? There are so many parts of service, depending on what style of church you go to, what denomination you go to, that um, have really beautiful meanings behind them. And if we just gloss over it, then it becomes just a tradition, just a rhythm. And then even we as adults aren't really engaging in them if we're just doing it because that's what everybody's doing. So when we can take the opportunity and the time to whisper to our kids, hey, we're saying a prayer. That means we're talking to God. Or right now we're praying for the congregation. There are a lot of sick people and God heals us. And so we are going to pray that God would heal those in the congregation. Even if the pastor has set it up front to more directly um, involve our kids, we can whisper to them and say, oh, do you know anybody who's sick? Maybe we could pray for them too. And just include your children in that. By even acknowledging them in those moments and using your conversation to help include them and involve them, they feel capable. They feel invited into that moment of worship. And then that allows them to further participate. And finally, the last thing we can do is we can have a very thoughtful and intentional worship bag. So some people call these busy bags, but I am a stickler for language and I do not like calling them busy bags because I don't want my kids to just be busy during worship. I want to call it 
a worship bag or even I've heard praise pack is good. Um, but a quiet bag or a busy bag really limits and limits our kids and it hinders them. And we want to use intentional language for our children and for those in the church to remind them that God has equipped children to be able to worship him. In Psalm 8-2, it says, you, talking to God, you have taught children and infants to praise, to silence the enemy. And so we can use our words of even what we call this tool belt for worship. What we call that is important. And it speaks truth and it speaks intentionality to our kids and to those who are around our kids with those worship bags, who are passing out the worship bags, who are putting together the worship bags. And so um, I think it's really important. This past Friday, I did a free workshop in my Facebook group all about worship bags. And if you join the Facebook group, you can go um, to createdplay.com slash community. Join that Facebook group. You can watch that for free for the next couple of days. And then I'll be moving it to my website where you can buy it for just $27 along with a bunch of other workshops on there. Um, and get really in depth with what can go in the worship bag. But just as an overview, there are five things that I think need to go in every worship bag. One, something to disciple your kids. And that goes along with explaining the parts of worship. Um, I give a few examples there. Two, something that invites creativity. God is a creative God and he is a creator. And for me, just coloring pages does not invite creativity. Coloring pages aren't bad, but I always, always, always recommend a sheet of white paper so that we allow our kids to respond more freely to the Holy Spirit. Um, there are lots of other ideas I mention in the workshop uh, for creativity. Something to move. This could be fidgets or pipe cleaners. Something to taste. Lollipops are so good for all kids. And um, they help to fulfill some sensory needs in some kids and they're very calming. And so they are great, but also goldfish or Cheerios or something like that, if that's appropriate in your church setting, something to taste. And then finally, something to delight, something to show our kids, you are special and I want to bless you and let you know that you are welcome here and you are thought of. And um, so those are the five things that I think should be in every worship bag. Something to disciple, something to spark creativity, something to taste, something to move, and something to delight our kids. So that is what I wanted to share with you. Three ways that you can disciple your kids in church, in a worship service at church. Practicing the music at home so that they are able to participate in that. Explaining parts of worship so they know 
and feel invited into what is going on and a thoughtful worship bag. And if you want to learn more about that, join the Facebook group. Finally, I just want to share with you that today, my episode on Mom's Grab Coffee podcast dropped. And so I would love if you go and check that out. I had a fun conversation with Hannah all about play. And so go check that out and let me know what you thought. If I can be of any help to you, please reach out and let's set up a free Zoom call so that I can support you as you disciple your kids. And until then, and on behalf of God, thank you for loving and playing with his kids. Have a great day, mamas. Well, mamas, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'd love to keep the conversation going over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you felt encouraged or equipped by today's show, do me a favor and leave a review. I can't wait to hear your story. Till next week, keep playing and pointing those littles to Christ.